listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics to help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. If you were to rate how satisfied you are with the closeness of your friendships on a scale of one to 10, what number would you pick? I'm finding that many startup entrepreneurs and side hustlers are spending more time growing their businesses and less time investing in friendships. And I have to say that I've been just as guilty of this as anyone else, but I'm actually learning that it's damaging our mental and physical health. Today, I'm bringing on an entrepreneur and friendship expert to talk about reducing loneliness and maximizing healthy personal and professional relationships. Her name is Shasta Nelson. She is the author of multiple books on the topic of friendship, which she has been featured for on The Steve Harvey Show, The Today Show, and even by Facebook as their social media spokesperson for Friendship Day 2018. I believe this episode will serve you well today. Here is my conversation with Shasta Nelson. Shasta, welcome to the Creating a Brand podcast. So excited to have you with us today. Thank you. It's an honor to be with you. Are you ready to talk about friendships on an entrepreneurship podcast? I am ready to talk about it. You bet. <laughs> give me every give me every question you can think of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to jump into this. I told you this when I first was introduced to you that I've been looking for someone to talk about this topic for a while and just hadn't found anybody that were, was able to have the, the data, the research and really put the time into the topic to to talk about it. So I'm really excited to jump into this today. Well, anybody who sees the value of friendship is somebody who's good in my book. So good, <laughs> kudos to you and to your audience. Good people. Thank you. So I found that entrepreneurs, uh, many of us are just lonely people. And maybe this is intentional, unintentional, but we've neglected our friendships to focus on building a business or a brand, whatever it may be that we're trying to do. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else for viewing friendship as a luxury or something that would be nice to have in air quotes, <laughs> when I'm done hustling, you know, after I'm done mm -hmm. building the business or getting to a certain point. And many of us, we just kind of push it off. I know it's not only entrepreneurs are struggling with this, this level of loneliness, I'll call it or, or lack of friendship in their lives. But can you speak to this a little bit and how you've seen this in, in business and in personal life? Yeah, so first, let's just uh, de define loneliness, because some of us have a stigma that it's like some recluse or person who has no social skills or somebody who's not good with people. And most of us who are entrepreneurs are excellent with people and have big dreams and are out there networking and stuff. Loneliness isn't a lack of, uh, of skill or desire. Uh, it's really a recognition that we have more capacity for more relationship and intimacy and love in our lives than we're currently experiencing. So it's mm. kind of a gap between the feeling of really feeling, um, I define friendsimacy as the feeling seen in a safe and satisfying way. And so for a lot of us, it's our loneliness doesn't come because we're not interacting with enough people. Our loneliness might be coming because we don't have enough intimacy with a few people. You know, we can be out there hustling or networking or selling and still come home and be lonely, or we can be doing customer service all day and interacting all day and be exhausted and still be lonely. And some of us are lonely. We might even have friends, but as entrepreneurs, we might feel lonely for other people who have, who know this experience. And so uh, loneliness also can come from kind of having an experience or an identity that we don't feel like anyone really sees us. And so the question for all of us is just, 
how loved and supported do we feel right now? Uh, how, how seen do you feel and how satisfying is that? How supported do you feel and how safe does it feel? And for most of us, uh, yeah, around the country, <laughs> around the world, we're in what many doctors are calling a loneliness epidemic. So yeah, it is not unique to entrepreneurs. Uh, most of us are reporting feeling lonely. Uh, Cigna just had a huge study. I'm so excited to have companies coming out now and just really putting numbers behind what we've been talking about for years. And uh, America is lonely. Our score is, you know, 61% of us score as lonely. Um, and so most of us are experiencing that loneliness and entrepreneurs are higher on that scale of loneliness because we are more isolated and we're not bumping into coworkers necessarily. We don't have all the spont spontaneous feeling of interaction. We may not feel like we're part of a team. We may not feel as supported as we wanted or as intimate or having people see us and see every, all the things we're doing and all the awesomeness we're working on behind mm -hmm. the scenes. So yeah, loneliness is prevalent and it is very specifically even more so for those of us who work gig jobs or remote or are doing our own things as solopreneurs. I definitely want to circle back to the idea of intimacy in a moment. But before we do that, you've actually done some some research yourself. And there's been many studies that have shown that loneliness is actually damaging our bodies. Can you talk about that for a minute? Yeah, it is hugely. In fact, not just damaging our bodies. We have doctors going on record saying it is is the number one factor damaging our bodies. Um, the former U.S. Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, uh, he just wrote a book called Together. And he actually said as a doctor, as a physician, more patients that he saw more than heart disease or diabetes, which is like number one and number three cause of death. He said more than seeing patients who had those were seeing patients who had loneliness. And more doctors are coming out saying now that if we feel lonely, it impacts our health more than whether we smoke. There's a huge study. It's not even doctors saying it. There's a huge study that says if we feel lonely, it's more damaging to our health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's twice as harmful as being obese. And it does the equivalent damage on our body, like literal damage on our body as being a lifelong alcoholic. And so we've got so many of us who are wanting to be healthy and we think we need to go exercise or drink more kale smoothies or cut back on the alcohol. And if you really look at the studies, and if you really believe the data, it is just continuing to pile up that more significant, um, really, I'd say sleep might be a bigger factor, but really the most important factor right behind that is how supported we feel in our lives, because that's what puts our bodies into stress mode or pulls us out of stress mode and is a buffer to the stress in our lives. So yeah, I could go off on this one for like a whole hour. But one other study that was really fascinating is you got me out going on the health thing. One yeah. study was showing they were tracking people who had what they consider healthy lifestyle habits, which defined by diet, exercise, and um, you know not smoking. And then those who did not have healthy lifestyle habits. And then those who felt connected versus those who did not feel connected. And it won't surprise any of us that those who had healthy lifestyle habits and felt connected lived the longest and had the best quality of life. But what will surprise many of us is the second highest performing group by a lot uh, was those who had unhealthy lifestyle habits but felt connected. They lived longer and had a higher quality of life than those who had healthy lifestyle habits but felt disconnected and unsupported. So really, the, we just keep studying this deeper and deeper, and we can see in our bodies the literal wear and tear uh, more disease, more heart attacks, more cancer, more co higher cholesterol, things that you don't even think are connected to our relationships. But yeah. we are we are human beings wired to be together. And if we feel like we're alone in any part of our life, it is causing wear and tear on our bodies. 
You know, I'm going to share a story real quick here that was somebody that I knew, somebody that I, I lived in the same neighborhood as at one point. He actually owned the neighborhood that I lived in, along with many others. He was a very, very successful man. He was a nine-figure entrepreneur. And I, I kept in contact with him. I was never a friend of his or anything like that. He was just an acquaintance, somebody that I knew. And at the end of his life, he, he died in his early 70s, which was really unfortunate. But mm-hmm. I remember talking to him toward the end of his life, and he said that he realizes now that all along that he shouldn't have been hustling the way he was to keep on making more money, mm. more wealth, because he never had friendships in his life or anybody in his life. And he mm. died exceptionally young with unlimited money. You know, once you're nine mm-hmm. figures and it's profit, mm-hmm. you can actually, you can take care of yourself pretty well. And he did everything mm-hmm. he could, but his body just gave up. And he says, if you go back, the one thing he changed was the, the amount mm. of time that he put into the people that were in his life. Yeah. And I wanted to share that because many of us, we're so disconnected from that idea of being a nine-figure business owner, right? But we we want to hustle to get somewhere. And at the expense of our friendships, it is not worth it. And the yeah. research that you're talking about, that story that I just shared, really proves and drives this point home that, that we need to be putting more on this than we are right now. Ah, that's a great story. And it's, it's we hear that all the time. And yet something in our bodies and brains resists we always hear the deathbeds you know scenario mm-hmm. and it's something about us resists it i found um dr nivens pulled together all of the research on happiness and he has a quote that i just shared in my most recent book that says a lot of people think that happiness is ambiguous or kind of hard to define of how to make it and he said it is not the case he said when i look at every single study 70% of our happiness comes down to our relationships. And uh, so he said, so think about everything else you think you need to make yourself happy. And this is to your point, Alex, where it's like, we think we need to have a successful business. We think we need to have these networks. We think we need to have this book written. We think we need like, I, we need to hit this sales number. Like we think all the, I need to have this car. I need to go on this trip. I need to have this, you know, whatever. All mm-hmm. the things that you think you need to make you happy add up to 30% of your happiness. So you can get all of them. And you're still not going to be happy because 70% of our happiness comes down to our relationships. And this is so, so, so important. So your point is well made because we can have all the money in the world, but really we chase that because we want to share it with somebody. We want to give it to somebody. We want it to mean something with somebody. We want to experience it for and with somebody. So yeah, if we chase that, we aren't guaranteed happiness, but if we chase the relationships, uh, it's a much safer route for sure. As a thank you for listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, I'd like to invite you to join our private community for free. If you text the word community to 1-904-299-8992, I'll respond with a free invitation link. Once you join, I'll connect you with other community members and resources to help accelerate your success. Join today by texting the word community to 1-904-299-8992. Eight nine nine two. I'm looking forward to talking to you within the Creating a Brand community. And now let's get back to today's episode. Many of us as entrepreneurs and, and people that even are, they're just listening because they saw a, a title that they liked. Uh, it's not that we don't know enough people, right? I mean, a lot right. of us were networking, whether it's yeah. online or in person or around a lot of people. So the problem isn't the fact that we don't know a lot of people. Right. Yeah. Most of us are not lonely because we need to meet more people. We're lonely because we need to feel more seen. We need to feel more known by the people we already know. So yeah, I mean, I've, I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, and I there was I look at how loneliness has showed up for me in that area. At one point, I had best, best, best friends. I had a girls group that met every single week. We told each other everything. So I wasn't lonely in that case for close friendships. I had close friendships. Um, what I was lonely for is just 
other people who knew what it was like to have this entrepreneur life. None of my close friends had that. They all had stable jobs. Mm. And so I felt lonely in my experience, right? And so for me, it was really powerful to be a part of and join like a mastermind, a weekly mastermind, or to join a networking association. Or in my case, I reached out to two other women that I kind of knew who were entrepreneurs. And I basically said, you want to start a women's entrepreneur group of like women who are trying to like do their big dream. And maybe we could each find two or three people to invite. And we, we ended up creating a group of 10 of us that met, uh, you know, every month for years and years and years. And now we're all close friends as a result of that. So for me, it was loneliness around finding other entrepreneurs, but some of us as entrepreneurs, we might even have, we might be enough networked with other entrepreneurs and our hunger might be more for what is just close, intimate friends. I mean, that really is the loneliness of our era is the, what I call friendtimacy, uh, I had to coin that word because every time I kept saying we need more intimacy, everybody always thought of sex. <laughs> right. And I was like, and I was like, I want more sex for you too, but that's not, you know, it's not a synonym. <laughs> what we all need, and especially men, I can get on my little soapbox here for men. Uh, men, especially, we have not encouraged, taught, modeled, given permission, and really said, you need more intimacy in your life than a romantic relationship can provide. And we have done a huge disservice, basically informing subtly and not subtly to men that uh, the only place that's really safe for you to have intimacy is in romance. Mm. And so we've got a lot of lonely men who are not, they're not incapable of it. And they don't, they don't need it less than women. It's a human need. It's not a gender issue. Um, But we have not. So we've got a lot of men who, who don't know how to have Oh, they know how to do it there, but they are, they don't feel safe. They don't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel familiar to be, have intimacy with another man that's platonic. And so, yeah, we've got a lot of, um, most of us are lonely for that deeper that we really want to feel known and we want it to feel safe and we want it to feel good. And, um, unfortunately that takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of practice. And so many of us are used to more of the surface levels where it's the networking and the schmoozing and the talking and the small talk. But at the end of the day, we're missing the feeling really supported and seen. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And you actually did a poll with, I believe, up to 15,000 people or more on this. And you ask them on a scale of one to 10, how satisfied are you right now with your closest friendships? Mm-hmm. What have you found with that study? Yeah, so it's a great question for all of us to just stop and think, you know, on a, if 10 is the most fulfilled, the most satisfied, like what number would you say you feel if one is complete dissatisfaction with how close your relationships are, how meaningful they feel? Uh, I have found on everyone who's been taking that uh, quiz over the years, um, and you can go take the quiz too, um, we can share that with everybody. But everybody who's answered that so far, we are twice as likely to put a one or a two as we are to put a nine or a 10, which is super sad. And then 70% of us are scoring ourselves at seven, uh, like a six or below. So that shows the vast majority of us are, wow. uh, are dissatisfied with the level of closeness, which shows, and I really want to hit this point. This is really, and this kind of prompted me for my, from my upcoming book is that, um, when we see these kinds of numbers, this reminds us we don't need to feel shame about this. This is not an individual problem. It's not that there's something wrong with me or that I don't know how to do this. It's we live in a culture and a world that this is the outcome we're experiencing. This is a systemic issue. More of us are struggling with this than are not. And so it really causes all of us to say, we can't just keep doing the same thing and living the same pattern and the same schedule. And this isn't going to change. This isn't just, you know, 
calling, having one more golf trip a, a year or one more phone call a week. I mean, this is like, we are craving uh, more intimacy and most of us are not experiencing it. So if you, if you resonate with that and you kind of on your own scale of, you know, everyone listening and you look at that scale of one to 10 and you say, okay, maybe I'm a six, maybe I'm a four, maybe I'm a seven, like wherever you are on that scale of satisfaction, there's a gap there. And that's your invitation of like your gap of how do you move your relationships, your satisfaction from a six to a 10, you know, from a two to a 10, from an eight to a 10. And um, all of us have the opportunity to kind of lean in and to say, okay, I'm experiencing some loneliness and I can own that. And emotional intelligence means that I feel that and that my body's working. That's a healthy message to receive and I don't need to feel any shame around it. And now the invitation is just to say, okay, how can I be as, as impressive as we are in our businesses, as entrepreneurs, as much as we hustle there, we have the capability to, to just prioritize this area of our life and be more strategic as well. I think it's great that you're actually giving us actionable steps here. I mean, it, let's admit, even if we're a seven, there's still room to improve. Or if we, mm -hmm. if we are a four, there's a bigger room to improve. But still, you're saying we, we need to get up, we need to do something. We need to actually take action on this. And it's actually kind of segue straight into kind of my big question for the day, uh, Shasta, that I hope that you're ready for here. But uh, when it comes to actually building these stronger friendships and, and gaining that intimacy, uh, how can we do this on a, a limited time budget that we might have? Because many of us, we can't just drop the business to do this. Like, how can we actually start making and taking some ground and moving us, moving ourselves up further on this one to 10 scale, would you say? Yeah, I love that. And let me, if you'll allow me the moment to just kind of answer a broad question first, yeah. then I'll uh, zero in a little bit. So we know um, so my books talk about when we look at all of those things that when we study uh, healthy relationships, so what makes for a healthy marriage, what makes for a healthy team, what makes me trust one person more than another, what, how, why do we feel closer to some people? When we look at all these different studies, there's three things that come up in all of them and I, they're, they're non-negotiable. So when you look at every relationship in your life, these three things are present and any relationship that doesn't feel meaningful, it's because one of these three things is lacking. And so let me talk about these three things because it allows us, those of us who are time crunched and those of us who are strategic, it allows us to kind of look at these three things and to say, okay, which one would make the biggest difference if I were to zero in on it or focus uh, on that area? And those three things are positivity, consistency, and vulnerability. So positivity is uh, more good feelings. Obviously, any of us who want to go make friends, that's because we want to feel more happy and more good and more affirmed and more appreciated and more laughter and more enjoyment. Uh, none of us are like motivated to go do this for more negative uh, feelings. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we know from science that we have to have five positive emotions for every negative emotion in any relationship. So our invitation for all of us is to uh, practice enjoying people, appreciating them, expressing gratitude, all that good stuff. So positive emotions is the foundation. And then I teach it on a triangle. So that's the bottom of the triangle. And then as the two arms that go up the triangle, one is one is consistency and one is vulnerability. So consistency is where we log the hours, so to speak. It's where we create the pattern for our friendship. It's our interactions. It's our time together. It's the it's the, the pattern, the scaffolding of our relationship. It's really how we interact and that's what builds trust. And that's what leaves us feeling like we can rely on this pattern, this history. And so when we start a brand new friendship at the bottom of the triangle, we have very li little and low consistency. And conversely, it should match the other side of the triangle where we have low vulnerability. And vulnerability is where we're revealing ourselves, we're disclosing, we're sharing, we're letting uh, people get to know us, we're showing up who we are, we're feeling more authentic. Um, so at the bottom of the triangle, every relationship starts at the bottom of the triangle with low consistency and low vulnerability. And as we increase 
the consistency with somebody, we increase the vulnerability with somebody so that at the top of the triangle, we have friendtimacy, hopefully with a few people. So when you can see the friendships on that triangle, you can tell that most of our relationships will be somewhere in the bottom third, bottom half of that triangle. Um, when we're networking with people, they might all be kind of in the bottom level of the, of the triangle. But certainly each of us, when we're assessing our number of one to 10, how satisfied we are, or when we're assessing our loneliness, we can look and say, wow, I actually have a ton of people in the bottom of my triangle. I'm lonely because I want to raise some of them up to the top of the triangle. Some of us might have one or two people at the top of the triangle, and we're lonely because we actually don't have many other relationships in our life. We don't feel like we have the network or the broader support system. And so um, for each of us, it's important to identify um, where, you know, where our loneliness is. And then the answer to your question is kind of each of us has the opportunity. Uh, one of the, my favorite things about this triangle is it allows us any friendship in your life that's not feeling fulfilling. You can look at that friendship and say, uh, which one's missing, which one's in lack. Like, right. okay, I have a ton of, and for men and for a lot of us in our society, we put in the consistency and the positivity. So we have fun together. We do stuff together. Um, and I, you know, it's a social group, but for a lot of us, it's the vulnerability that's missing. We don't really feel seen. We're not really talking. We're not really getting to know each other. And the vulnerability piece is missing for some of us. The vulnerability is there and the positivity is there. And we, we can pick up right where we left off. We feel so loved. We feel so seen. It feels really good, but we only talk to them once a year. So we're lacking the consistency that can really help that feel more supportive. So it gives us a roadmap of kind of improving those relationships. But back to your point of um, how to do this when we're time crunched, this is my upcoming book is all about how to build uh, better relationships in our work lives. And that is because uh, my last two books, I talk all about how to make friends and how to build more deep friendships. But one of the number one uh, issues we all have is not feeling like we have the time. And I figure what better way, you know, why, why do we keep relegating friendship to a personal life issue where it's in this little bucket for like two hours every evening we have free. Right. And we have to also like take care of kids and exercise and binge watch some TV and relax. And like, it's hard to have friendship compete in that bucket. Um, and so we're coming, you know, so how, why can't, basically how can we do more of this and tie it in with our work where we spend most of our time and get more of our needs met there. And I just think that's the most strategic thing. And for entrepreneurs, we have so many opportunities to do that, which is super exciting. Yeah, I agree. Could you actually, first off, I love this, the, the triangle. Sorry, I'm jumping Sorry, I just went on and oh, on Oh, it's and good. On I'm like jumping ahead of myself now. I get excited about the topic of friendship. I'm telling you what, just because I've seen the value it's had in my life and I've not always done it right. So I've seen the positives and the negatives of it when, when I wasn't prioritizing yeah. it properly. So I'm just as passionate about this topic as you are. But the, the friendimacy triangle, I, I told you at an earlier date that after I'd read your, your books, I've been through your material. It's incredible. Um, I actually used it and someone thought it was mine. I gave you credit, but I was like, oh, you're, you know, your relationships are missing positivity. And they're like, wow, you're so brilliant. Um, it, it took everything in me to mention that it was from you, not from me. But um, That's okay. We can just share it. It's, it's just important to get out at this point. I agree. Uh, but you're talking about basically how friendship equals positivity plus consistency plus vulnerability. And mm -hmm. I think that that's so important. We covered it that we can also do this at work. It doesn't just need to be at home for those few hours every day that we have. And I think that that's a limiting mindset that many of us have. We assume, okay, it's going to be from 7 till 9 p.m. because that is the only time that I have available if I'm not going to be doing chores or doing anything else that, that has to happen. And things always come up. As an entrepreneur yourself, how have you been able to continue to prioritize relationships in what you do? Yeah, to me, one of the big things about being an entrepreneur is I was like... Um, I am 
I want to be a good boss to myself, right? So we would all complain if a, if a manager at a company where we worked like just kind of wrote us like taskmasters. And it's really important to me. I'm always like, you know what? I'm giving myself a day off because I'm the boss and that's like being a good boss to myself. And I, so <laughs> right. it's really important to me. I'm driven and I'm somebody who could, could err on the side of doing too much for sure. And I'm somebody who I, I really truly reading the research is so convicting when you really believe their data. And I keep coming back to this. It's like, we don't, even this book where I was studying, like the number one engagement issue for our workplaces, our companies is, do you have a friend at work? If companies honestly believed the data and it's been for 20 years, Gallup has been doing this data and just the data continues to pile on. If companies truly believe the data, they would be doing way more to be building friendships at work. It, it impacts retention. It impacts job satisfaction. It impacts uh, productivity, uh, safety, uh, calling in sick less. And the true is, and the same is true for those of us who own our own businesses. I mean, if it's true, if it's good for humanity, it's good for us. And we have to, like, the more I read the research on health and productivity and um, and mental health, I mean, it's it just I don't know, a, a, like a switch flipped in me, and I was just like, this matters. It just it just I don't even struggle with it anymore. To me, it's schedule lunches with friends. You know, two days a week, I'm going to go and, and schedule a lunch with friends, and I get to get off early this afternoon because I'm my own boss. So I'm going and meeting somebody for happy hour, and right. um, and I'm going to do a mastermind once a week. So every Thursday morning at 10 a.m., I'm going to get on video with four other people that I really love and trust. And as we build consistency, and as we affirm each other and help each other and be vulnerable with each other, we're going to bond. And if we do these three things, I mean, this is the power of it is that it's a guarantee. Like we can put, there's studies where we can put complete strangers in rooms. And if we practice these three things, you will bond. Like you don't even have to be that picky about who it is because we so often think that we need to find the right people and that hangs us up. And we get so caught up in like thinking we have to find the right people. And the research shows we really don't have to have the quote, the right people. We have to have the right friendship and we can pretty much bond with anybody. If we do these three things, if it feels good, if we feel seen and if it feels trustworthy, we're going to like each other. Mm -hmm. And so we really have way more power over this than we sometimes, we sometimes think we're victims of just not having the time or knowing the right people and neither are true. So those are myths that we are buying into. And it's really, you know, we all need to feel supported. So it's really, we can find the people um, that can do that with us and have accountability and have those, those opportunities to feel seen and feel supported. Yeah, I'm going to keep on coming back to this triangle because it's so powerful. Positivity being the foundation, consistency, one of the sides and vulnerability, the other side of it. I think that often some of us ourselves, we're not in a position to be able to, to provide this to somebody else. We're maybe really negative or we're inconsistent or we don't allow ourselves to ever open up and be vulnerable. So a lot of this kind of begins with us evaluating ourselves versus these three, these three parts of the triangle. Would you say that that's true? So true. It's a great insight, Alex. And, and it is true. And here's the, I mean, if, if we, once we understand this, we realize if somebody's not acting like a good friend or we get mad at somebody else and we just go, well, I don't need that. And we just kind of pull away. We have a whole culture where we just kind of are giving up on each other because we mm. think they're not, they're not good. And the truth of the matter is none of us <laughs> have been taught how to build good friendships. So we're all just kind of doing the best we can. But now that we know what it is, we can 
always improve a friendship. We can always say, you know what, that friendship is just getting really negative. I come home drained and exhausted every time. Okay, what could I do to try to change that dynamic? Like maybe they're going through a really tough thing right now. Like what if, what if we just say, you know what, maybe we just need to, we do need some enjoyment. We still like, I want to still be there. We don't want to avoid the hard things, but maybe we just give ourselves one night off and we go back and we do a comedy club or we go do something we used to do that we love doing together. Or we just have fun. Or I ask, we share more what we're grateful for. We make sure that we're both sharing something that's giving us hope these days. You know, like what can I do to help influence this friendship to toward these three things? Um, and I think that's really important because we have more control over the health of our friendships than we think we do. We sometimes just think it's like it is or it is or it, is or it isn't. But when mm -hmm. we practice these three things, the friendship moves up the triangle. And when we don't practice these three things, it moves down the triangle. And we all have the, uh, yeah, the ability to kind of do that. And I will say with that lack of consistency, the feeling like we don't have enough time, it comes back and kind of bites us in the butt because if we don't do it frequently enough with somebody, we'll go to some kind of gathering with high school friends or with some networking group, or we'll go to some networking association. And we'll, if, you know, if it's just infrequent, we'll go and we'll come back and we'll be like, eh, it wasn't that meaningful. It wasn't that great. And we'll like be like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to go back again. And the irony is it's the more consistent we are that the more meaningful it becomes. So it's a little bit like working out. If you just go work out once a month, it's probably not going to be all that meaningful or have that many results, right. but, it, but it doesn't mean working out's bad and not effective. It just means you're not doing it enough to actually see the results. But if you actually connect more frequently, if you commit to that organization, if you commit to that mastermind, if you commit to attending that networking thing and you say, I'm going to come four or five times before I make a decision about whether this is effective or not. Like I'm going to show up and I'm going to be consistent. And these people are going to start feeling familiar and we're going to start being able to practice positivity and vulnerability. Then chances are high that you're going to, that's where the relationship starts getting more meaningful is the more consistency we have, the less we have to be doing updating with each other. And the more we can actually be doing sharing and seeing each other and talking about the stuff that really matters. But so often we kind of pull away because we say it's not meaningful, but really we have to lean in if we want it to become more meaningful. Mm, that's so insightful. I, I love that. I think that's so important. Uh, Shasta, before we end today's episode, which I'm having a blast talking to you, by the way, uh, as the friendship expert that you are, can you leave us with one final piece of advice or wisdom on building intimate, lasting friendships? You know, what just strikes me is one of the studies that came out of University of Kansas a year or so ago was they followed people who moved to a new city and to see how long it took them before they felt like they had friends. And, um, and it took about 30 to 50 hours before somebody went from a stranger to a casual friend. And it took about 80 to 100 hours. And this is people self-reporting about 80 to 100 hours of interaction before they felt like friends. And it, and they self-reported that it took about 200 hours together before it felt like close best friend. And I think about how so often we think that, you know, friendship was so easy when we were kids. Um, and it wasn't friendship that was easy. It was the consistency that was somewhat automatic in our lives as kids. And we were able to log those hours. And that's why work is the number one place where most of us as adults are making our friends, not because those are people that are cooler than everybody else we've ever met, but because we're like having consistency with them. And we're logging those 200 hours metaphorically, like, like we're actually putting in getting to know each other and becoming more comfortable with each other and bonding with people we otherwise wouldn't bond with if we weren't seeing them regularly. So I feel like I just want to say to those who are entrepreneurs where you're not, if you're not showing up in a workspace where you're building that consistency, um, I just kind of would want to just presence 
that your two options are either to join something that is already consistent. So a networking group, a book club, whatever it is, a church uh, or, you know, whatever, something where you're showing up regularly and, and you can build relationships there. And your only other choice, if you're not showing up to something that's already scheduled consistency for you is to have to schedule that consistency yourself, which means initiating that and planning it and continuing to kind of hold the energy to make that happen. So uh, if what you want uh, is a close friendship, uh, it is a little bit like working out. It's like, the, you know, I don't have to, you know, 200 hours, I don't, and we all will interact and bond differently. And I care less about the exact numbers and more about the idea is that meaningful close relationships just take time for us to start feeling really safe and close to each other. And so you can see quickly how if you only spend an hour a month with somebody at lunch, uh, that's 12 hours a year, it's going to take a really long time for that to feel super meaningful. So um, if what you're hungry for is more intimacy, then find the places, pick a couple people to prioritize and to say, who, how can I be as consistent with these people as possible uh, so that I can kind of increase my meaningfulness with them? Because uh, it's worth it. It's so, so, so worth it. And, um, and just, yeah, lean in because it matters. It matters to your health. It matters to your happiness. It matters to your job success. It matters to you feeling supported. It brings your stress levels down. It's like so tied to your success. Um, I, yeah, I, I would be hard pressed to say there's anything more important for you to be investing in. Shasta, I can tell that you're really passionate about this, aren't you? <laughs> Is that coming through? <laughs> yeah, it, it's coming through a little bit, I think. I think the audience might be able to hear that today. <laughs> this was such an insightful conversation. I, I really appreciate your time in covering a topic that is so important to entrepreneurship that people don't often connect to what they're doing to creating a brand, but it is so important. I want to thank you so much for being a guest and sharing this with us today. Well, thank you for valuing the subject enough to share me with your audience and uh, blessings on all of you and your businesses and your dreams and your relationships. This was such an eye-opening episode, a very different topic than we usually cover here on Creating a Brand, but one that we just could not ignore. If you take any action from today, please let it be this. Pick up your phone and make plans with a friend. Start building that frentimacy, as Shasta would call it. Now, as someone who struggles with this topic, meaning me, I'd love to learn how you've prioritized friendships in your life. If you will please visit creatingabrand.com slash 057. At the bottom of the page, you can share how you've been able to prioritize friendships in your life. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Shasta, thank you again for being a guest and helping us all think about friendships more than we likely have been. I'd like to invite you to take Shasta Nelson's friendship quiz and also to pre-order a copy of her new book, The Business of Friendship. If you will, please visit creatingabrand.com slash 057 and I'll have links to both of them for you. Thank you as always for listening. I'm looking forward to bringing you another masterclass episode next week.